Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have a conversation with Carrie Sparrow, founder and CEO of Greenwich HR, a firm that is on a mission to make the labor market more transparent. And in this episode, we discuss the current IT hiring trends, the best and fastest way to gain intelligence on daily hiring and pay behaviors, and why the great resignation morphed into what he calls the great recycling. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Carrie. How are you today? Great. Great. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Awesome. I'm super excited to have you on to have a conversation about data and gathering HR data and, I guess, any other type of data that um, a company can can pull to become, I guess, more insightful around uh, some of the things that, that they, they need in order to become competitive. So why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and also about Greenwich? Absolutely. So I founded Greenwich.HR in 2015. And the main reason was because my own experience in corporate roles, consulting roles, engineering roles, was that there's a huge amount of missed opportunity because of really bad information about what's happening with things like jobs and pay. Uh, There's a lot of misperceptions. There's a lot of organizational waste and drama that goes on because the information is just so bad. And I had seen that firsthand. Uh, So I founded Greenwich uh, with an eye towards making the labor market more transparent by bringing kind of next generation technology and methods uh, to, to bear on what's actually happening with hiring and pay and skills, um, the demand for talent versus the supply of talent. And we built a platform that, uh, that provides those kinds of insights. Uh, we, um, it is the largest and the fastest growing source of real-time labor market intelligence. And it, uh, that platform is used in a wide variety of applications, uh, ranging from predictive intelligence on uh, future company performance that investment managers and hedge funds traders use to uh, economic news in, in media organizations to human capital applications like uh, compensation management, workforce analytics, uh, recruiting and retention strategies uh, for big corporations and big consulting firms as well, all the way down to um, sales intelligence, uh, being able to understand who's doing you know, what and would be you know, likely target buyers for, for given services and applications. Until this year, most of our clients built our data into their own applications and services. So we're truly a data as a services company. To put it in perspective in terms of how much we track, in the U.S. alone, we track 80% of all the new jobs created in the economy, and we do that every day. Uh, So we take a full snapshot of the economy of open jobs every day, and we compile that, uh, and we provide access to, to our clients. So we know what jobs, you know, who's hiring, when they're hiring, how long their listings stay open, but we also have a really good sense of how much they're expecting to pay. 
uh, about 70% of the jobs that we track. So, you know, doing the math, 70% of 80% is, you know, over 55% of uh, all the new jobs being created, we're able to uh, identify the expected pay levels uh, for those jobs at all levels and all types of industries. And so obviously there's a huge, you know, huge and growing demand for IT jobs. The, the pandemic really was disruptive to IT hiring initially, but over the last year and a half, it's really come back extremely strong. Concerns around access to uh, to IT talent uh, remain paramount today. So, so would you say that now we're sort of in the in this thing called the Great Resignation? So, are are you busier now, or is it about the same? Does that have anything to do with uh, like you know what what you're doing right now over at uh, at Greenwich HR? So demand for uh, the uh, data and analytics that we provide has exploded over the last 12 months. As you know, you've got this perfect storm of events. You have wage inflation that none of us have seen, you know, in our careers. We've got actual inflation. We've got really low unemployment. We have a lot of people that um, stepped out of the workforce uh, through the pandemic and are now evaluating how they want to come back into the workforce. And in a lot of cases, it's not where they left from. Uh, so the notion of the great resignation is more likely a great recycling, I think. And all of those factors going on and, and folks are realizing that they're really flying blind when it comes to making decisions about where to find talent, and how much to pay them and how much to pay their own, their own existing employees to keep them. Because every employee right now is a target for recruiting. In, in very aggressive recruiting. I was just going to ask that the type of data that, that you are providing, it's um, on the back end, I guess you're, you're running some type of analytics to pool information, massage it, and kind of give the latest and greatest and best data set out there. Is that yep. right? Yep, that's okay. what we do. We've got, uh, you know, we've got proprietary technology that basically scans several tens of millions of web pages every day uh, for job listings. And then we pull that data in, we consolidate it, we remove all the duplications, we tag it, we enrich it with with other data. We apply some proprietary, you know, taxonomies uh, to it, like being able to classify things like job titles into standard uh, taxonomies so that it can be analyzed. And then we provide it, uh, we either publish it um, directly as a service, or we now have an application that um, that organizations can buy and actually visualize the data. Now, now, when you say as a service, you're not meaning like being able to host it up in the cloud or something like that. This is, this is still all what we call on-premises software that's kind of running on a system, and then you, you just kind of give that information back. Uh, or is that something that someone can log into and kind of gather that information? Both. And so our entire technology stack is a, is a virtual stack and hosted in one of the, you know, one of the big cloud providers. And our clients that subscribe to, to our data, not the applications, um, can either get a download of new and updated data uh, typically every week, or uh, they can log into uh, an instance themselves and then query the data set themselves using whatever tools they want, visualization tools or query tools they want. And is security a concern when, I guess, when you are pulling data, pulling information, I think you mentioned earlier to me, during our conversation, it was like uh, web scrape data. Okay, can you explain what that is and what what you're doing there? Yeah, so we have we have applications that will go and look at specific specific websites that list jobs, and they'll pull information 
every day uh, from those sites that relate to relate to the job and bring it into a very structured uh, data architecture. Uh, they do it at a very large scale. So, like I said, um, you know, several tens of millions of uh, of sites or pages every day uh, that are that are reviewed. And as it relates to security, all of the data is in the public domain that we work with. And it's all about um, information on jobs that haven't been hired yet. Most of the, the biggest concerns about security have to do with individual information or proprietary information uh, for companies about their existing jobs. Since this is already in the public domain, it's not tied to any individual, and it's about jobs that don't even technically exist yet because uh, they're not filled, there's really, there's really no, no you know, legal restrictions uh, in terms of uh, you know, being able to share that. And yeah, I think that's pretty cool, Carrie, that you are able to, or your software, your company is able to go out and kind of pull millions and millions of records. These are all open jobs and positions that are out there and gather uh, the information on that. But what are the hiring trends that, that you're seeing right now? I know we're in this great resignation, but as it relates to IT, since that's more my listenership is, you know, IT jobs and those who are, you know, protecting data out there like storage and backup and recovery and right. some of these other systems? Well, so first of all, hiring is stronger than it's, you know, than it's historically been. We're at hiring levels uh, that exceed what we were seeing prior to the pandemic. Um, as it relates to all, all IT jobs, the, uh, the number of new jobs that are being posted every day ha- over the last year and a half has gone up by about 60 percent okay that's huge about 60 percent over the last 18 months that's that's for all it jobs and if you look at what the advertised pay levels are for those jobs uh in january of 2021 they were at across all different types of of it jobs junior senior yeah high skilled medium skilled um okay 91.5 was uh for the u.s was the the median advertise rate right now it's at 102.5 uh, so it's gone up over 10 percent. that's less than uh the rate of change for uh the whole country all jobs all jobs in the u.s over the last 18 months uh across all industries all levels uh, the advertised pay levels have gone up 30 percent so IT is a bit more stable, but when you're dealing with traditional uh, pay rates that um, go up, folks budget you know three to four percent a year. Their their wage budgets, their salary budgets can't keep can't even keep up with with that in any way. If we want to look at uh, cybersecurity and system security jobs specifically, we can take a look there too. And a year, you know, so at the beginning of of 2021, it was uh, the Median salary for all cybersecurity jobs was a bit lower because there's a number of of uh, you know more analyst kind of jobs. It was at sixty four thousand, and as of right now, it's at eighty five thousand. So that's almost thirty percent, almost a thirty percent increase for uh, system security jobs. Yeah, so huge, huge upward pressure there. Very favorable market. It varies by location. Go ahead. You want to get a question in? Yeah, I was. I was also thinking like the flip side of hiring is laying off. It, do you also do anything around like the layoff data because it's important as well, right? Maybe not. Well, so we haven't historically tracked layoff data. There's there's a number of you know uh, firms that are in the news about that, but I will tell you that the the hiring across the board remains 
very strong. So even though some layoffs are, are uh, hitting the news, the, the hiring trends are still you know, extremely strong. When we looked at uh, the hiring in January of 2021 compared to the hiring just last month, it's up about 80%. 80 80%. 80%. Wow. The number of new jobs that are being advertised. Yeah, and these are these are system security jobs. That I, that that's a statistic for the system security jobs. Now, can can you get super granular and drill in on specific keywords that let's say you someone hire hire your company to do like a super targeted search? Is is that something that that you that you can do as well? Yeah. Yeah, so um our data set was deliberately set up to allow very very um advanced analytics and so we categorize all the various attributes in uh, in jobs and because we collect so many jobs we we can um analyze for you know very very tight filtering uh, on those jobs so you know if you wanted to know different you know the the demand for specific programming skills or the demand for specific management um, experiences. If you wanted to know how pay was changing based on the level of education or the number of years of experience, uh, we have all of that. And who are some of the individuals that reach out to you about getting this data? Is it just the human resources department primarily? They're, they're looking for like better information so they can go out and you know hire, I guess, the, the best uh, talent for for these positions, or is it like a broad base of individuals that will reach out to you? Like a personal, like me, would would a person like me just reach out to you and say, "Hey, I need some information, Carrie." So our clients tend to be a bit larger, and um, I would say that uh, HR is one constituent. Um, investment managers are another constituent. Uh, our clients provide. Um, products and services that are enabled by our data, and they sell across the board. They sell to CFO organizations, ops organizations, COO. They sell to boards. Uh, they sell to HR. Uh, and so all of those groups are, are interested in our data. One of the things that we were seeing was that there's real pain around understanding what's, in the, what's going on in the market right now among small and medium-sized businesses. And there's several sources of information out there that will claim to say they know what's going on. But actually, when you look at where their data comes from, it's old data. It's not forward-looking data. It can be 12 to 24 months old, and it's not transparent data. Uh, so you can't see who the actual companies are that are doing the hiring and, and what they're you know what they're paying and so forth. Whereas our data allows that, so that's one of the reasons why we we decided to launch an application that could be used by everyone. And we're seeing really good traction on it. Uh, anyone wants to see it, they can go out to our website, and there's a live demo of it. Of it, it's called Wagescape, and it can be used by HR leaders, operations leaders, CEOs, um, finance leaders, anyone really uh, that's wanting to understand what's happening with wages and competition. Okay, and I'm I'm not trying to get the secret sauce here, Carrie. I'm just uh, kind of poking around at you know in my own analytical brain here, trying to figure out. Okay, so you're pulling lots of data. I'm assuming that it's being stored in a database somewhere. Yep, on the it back is. end. Is that correct? Yes, Maybe? that's correct. No? Okay, and ha have you heard of 
man, I'm going blank. Open source databases like MongoDB and some of these, um, they're not traditional. Yeah, we don't we don't use MongoDB. We use a derivative of uh, Postgres for storing our data, which works really well for us. Gotcha. And so you you're able to query, you run some sophisticated queries to pull the information that you need, and you know these SQL commands and things like that. This is just for my technical audience. Um, thinking of the kind of the layout on the back end, so you got a database and some storage um, that you're also consuming as well. Is that is that fairly expensive? Yeah, so we've got, if you want me to run through the stack. Yeah, that would be great. We've got our crawlers that are set up on, um, vir- on virtual servers uh, that are running constantly. They feed uh, their outputs over to a Postgres database um, that's constantly growing. There are stored procedures and uh, also different, different functions, uh, applications that process that data do everything that I was mentioning earlier in terms of consolidate, remove duplications, enrich, you know, map to different taxonomies, and then uh, publish. And so then we publish out to a, uh, a storage uh, facility that uh, several, actually, we have several different options there, and then archive all the data too. It's a, you know, we're, we're not a huge operation, and uh, this operation is designed to be automated. The whole back end is designed to be automated as much as possible. And so I guess you, you covered from a resiliency and business continuity perspective in case something happens, you can keep that data, recover it, or you're in a, running in a different zone or from that perspective. So that's a, a really key, key thing nowadays since we're in this digital transformation is being able to uh, kind of have resilient and redundant uh, data sets. Yeah, so we did that. You're exactly right. And so operation stability is critical for our business. And as our data platform has grown, we've had to re-architect it, you know, I would say every 18 months uh, because it's been growing so fast. We just expanded to include data from 59 countries. And so we went through a huge step change uh, and had to had to upgrade everything to do that. But we've had to put in place control systems to monitor every step of the process. And the, and also there's redundancy in every step of the process as well, as you know, including, you know, the backups uh, that are provided. Have your guys came to you about containers? You, have you ever heard that term before? We, uh, early on, we uh, we looked at containerization and we looked at auto scaling of our um, the servers that host our, our crawler applications and we ran that for a couple of years and what we found was that we can actually optimize uh, single server instances that are running multi-threaded applications uh, and and have those be way more efficient and way more cost effective uh, than the auto scaling approach. Uh, so we're we're back. We we don't use containers uh, at the at the present time. Yeah, containers were this super hot thing that everyone was talking about it about a year ago, year and a half or two ago. You know, Kubernetes and Docker and all of these different microservices um, that you can actually you can now truly run one little service within this containerized application and. It's just amazing how it works. So I guess enough of the technical stuff. I've picked your brain enough about that. Uh, So if someone was looking for data, I guess walk me through a scenario of someone reaching out to you or maybe you reaching out to them to sell your service. 
to them? What, what, what would that look like? Well, so we market market ourselves um, pretty broadly. Uh, so we've got a pretty strong online presence. Uh, we do content marketing uh, to a growing list of you know several thousand followers uh, of all the different stripes that I just mentioned. Uh, and so most of most of our sales are generated from people that are reaching out to us either through online media or through uh, through our website. We've been expanding our our web presence as well. We are not investing right now in in paid uh, advertisement. However, we may do that in the future. It's easier to do that when you've got an actual application. Data as a service is a little bit of a, you know, more of a, a direct B2B uh, sales approach. But usually things come in either from our own networks or from, uh, from the website. And, uh, and that's how, that's how we, uh, we, we build sales. Okay. And maybe a question maybe not directly related to this, but what advice would you give to a future graduate, someone who's graduating from college in, let's say, December? Knowing what you know um, from your, your, your software there and how you pull data and kind of some of the hiring trends, what advice would you give a, a new student that's about to graduate around um, trying to find that, that gig? So you're talking about somebody that uh, is graduating and is going to be looking for a job? Yes, correct. Yeah, it's great. My daughter's in this situation right ah, now. Okay. Um, yep. It's totally different than when I I graduated. Mm-hmm. Could have taken months. Uh, all of my friends when I graduated way back when, uh, it took them a few months to find jobs. Uh, my daughter's in the mental health field. Okay. And her first interview, they gave her an offer on the spot. Half of them gave her offers on the spot. Congratulations. Right. That's, that's a proud papa moment. Yeah, and so for folks that have worked hard in college um, and uh, know what they want to, you know, what they want to start with. You don't have to know what you want your whole career to look like, but if you know what you want to start with, I think the market is is ripe for you. There's, you know, there are hiring signs everywhere, and um, some fields more more than others. I would say do your homework, and in particular, talk to people that are in the field that you want to get into. Uh, it's easy to ask people for a little bit of their time to share their wisdom in an informational interview. And, you know, they are great connectors. I, you know, my own career is built uh, on the, the wisdom and graciousness of, of hundreds of strangers that have, have gener- you know, donated, you know, the benefits of those wisdoms to me. Uh, and it's just because I asked. And I would say, don't be afraid to ask. I would also say, don't be afraid to negotiate. Don't feel like you've got to take the first offer that comes your way and don't feel like you've got to take the pay that they offer you out of hand. You can always negotiate. It doesn't hurt to try and negotiate. In fact, I always, when I'm hiring, I always take it as a very strong signal when someone wants to negotiate their package with me because that tells me that they're going to be doing that on our behalf once we hire them. And that's, you know, that's what I'm looking for. So it's a, it's a pretty positive environment right now. And don't be afraid to, you know, go after your dreams. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Now, does she have the super secret formula from dad on, hey, here's the list of companies that you need to go after? Because I know that this job has been open for 90 days and, you know, you get a better success rate. Yeah, I, I wish. She did it all on her, on her own. So, what, what's, what, what sites, though? Uh, is that LinkedIn primarily that people use nowadays? There's a lot of sites that are out there. 
you know, LinkedIn's pretty pervasive. Indeed is very pervasive, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of others as well. And depending on what industry you're in, there are always industry sites. If you've got specific companies in mind, you should be, try, you know, going and, and looking at what jobs they're hiring. Uh, and you can generally see those on the company uh, site and then also on public sites like Indeed. Okay. Uh, without giving too many plugs here. And all right. I mean, also Google Jobs does a pretty good job of uh, identifying what jobs are out there. And that's that's also a really good way to compare what's in the market. Um, so who's hiring in the locations that you're interested in? What are the differences between the positions? And more and more uh, companies are putting pay ranges right out there. And so you can see differences there too. Yeah. Um, there's some sites uh, without naming names that will give... Um, are good uh, places for reviewing what the culture and the work environments are like for companies. And so you can do the research there as well. Um, going back to the, you know, the college uh, graduate, the, um, the career center in many colleges is very uh, resourceful and they've got not just, you know, good online resources available through them, but also good uh, mentors that can be available, good coaches. So there's lots of resources now, uh, especially compared to when you and I were coming into the workforce. Nice. So when is that book coming out? Aren't you going to write a book for us? (laughs) No? (laughs) I I wish I had the time to write a book. (laughs) I've been saying that for 20 years, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no no book plans on the horizon, but uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe there will be. So are you are you reading a good book right now before I let you go? Maybe one you can recommend for the listening audience? You know, so I uh, I like to read science fiction because it's great for the imagination and creativity. Okay. And so from a science fiction standpoint, the uh, last book that I read was fantastic. It was Neil Stevenson's Seven Eves, which if you're into, you know, kind of okay. somewhat hard science fiction, it was a, it was a great book. And now I'm going and revisiting some some of the classics uh, that uh, I read when I was growing up. I mostly, uh, from a business standpoint, I mostly uh, have a number of podcasts that I uh, I love listening to, ah, and okay. uh, you know, like to like to hear interviews with great CEOs or people who've really you know um, overcome some pretty significant challenges, uh, either as entrepreneurs or as CEOs of larger of larger companies, and then also. There's, you know, a lot of a lot of things going on uh, from a, uh, just tech trends. And so that's that's really where I kind of fill my brain from. OK, well, this has been awesome. I, I know I, I've learned a lot. So uh, I, I truly appreciate the time that you've spent with us. And uh, I'll have to bring you back in the future on Data Protection Gumbo. So thank you so much, Carrie, for spending time with us here on Data Protection Gumbo. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.